ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us, Romans chapter 15, verses 22 through 29. Romans 15, 22 through 29. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. If first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it has pleased them in Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Many people in the world love to travel. They enjoy going from destination to destination, seeing one thing after the other. And I suppose that if we all had the resources, traveling would be one of the things we would do as well. Our text is about such a traveling man. Paul was probably the greatest missionary that has ever served the Lord. When he lists some of the things he endured for the sake of the gospel, one of the things he mentions is the fact that he was in journeyings often. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26. And as this great man moved from location to location, he did not do so as a mere tourist. Although the cities through which he traveled contained some of the wonders of the ancient world, Paul was looking for people. He was not looking for a t-shirt, nor was he just trying to fill his scrapbook with snapshots of the Temple of Diana, the Colosseum of Rome, or the Parthenon in Athens, Greece. No, Paul's plans and purposes in traveling were far greater than such earthly things. He traveled from place to place, not as a sightseer, but as a soul winner. And as we investigate these verses about the travels of Paul, there are insights that we can learn that will help us as we travel through the Christian life as well. 
For you see, every Christian is a pilgrim in this world, according to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. And if we're to travel while we are here, then let us at least learn to make it count for God. Thus, we look at the autobiography of a traveling man, the Apostle Paul. Now, we notice in verses 22 through 24, Paul's plans for traveling. Paul's plans are detailed for us in the book of Acts. And if we would take the time to read Acts, we would quickly see that Paul made good plans and he sought to carry them out. And we see some of those plans detailed for us in verse 23, for his plans were precise. In verse 23, Paul tells us that he has no more places in these parts. He doesn't mean that they've run him off. He doesn't even mean that all the work is done and all the sinners are saved. However, he is saying that he has finished his assignment. Remember, Paul was a man who laid foundations according to verse 20. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. He has accomplished his purposes and now it's time to move on. Now notice he also has plans to go to Rome, according to verse 23. Paul is a man who lays out some plans and he follows them. He sets a good example for us. Many people don't have any plans concerning their life. They live day to day with no sense of direction, no plans for the future. And we could learn valuable lessons here from the Apostle Paul. We ought to find out from God what his plan is for our lives. And then we ought to set out to do his plan, carry out his plan. Perhaps you've made some plans for the future. You should have dreams and visions of what your tomorrow is going to be like. God help us to have godly plans for our future. But also in verse 22, Paul's plans were perplexing for he tells us that the Romans that has, he's been trying to come to see but then again, he's been hindered. The word here means to be cut in two. Paul is saying that every way he turns, his path to Rome has been cut off. That was a constant state of affairs with Paul, according to Romans 1 and verse 13. He would later write in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18, it tells us that he was hindered by the devil. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 8, he says that he's been hindered by the Holy Spirit. When he finally made it to Troas, he discovered God's leading and he found his path through life. Now, when Paul wrote to the Galatians, he spoke of their being hindered by other people in Galatians 5 and verse 7. All of this reminds us of the truth that we should make the best plans for life that we can make and then expect them to get messed up. He goes, just because you make plans to serve the Lord doesn't guarantee at all that the devil will cooperate with your plans. There's no guarantee that other people won't oppose you. Even the circumstances of life will often stand contrary to the plans that we have made. There are times when it may even seem that the Lord is blocking our way is against the plans that we have to follow him. Let me encourage you by saying that we should continue to live for Christ regardless of the problems that life throws in our pathway. 
Remember, the measure of a man is what it takes to stop him. So if you are sure that you're following God and you're, you're following God-honoring, God-ordained plans, stick to it. Watch him work it out, for he will work it out if it is of God. It's, if it's your plans uh, and everything in the world will be able to stop it. If it's God's plans, there'll be nothing this side of heaven that can stop it from happening. Now, verse 24, we see Paul's plans were pursued. He describes the confidence that he has in his plans, and he knows that there's going to be a day when they will work out. He's hindered now, but he doesn't get excited about it. He merely yields to the Lord's work in his life and trusts God to work it all out in the end. Now, there's a great lesson here if we will allow ourselves to see it. The lesson is this. There's a vast difference between our immediate plans and our ultimate plan. Our immediate plans are those things that we plan to do today or in the, in the future. They are what we plan to do. Now, there will be times when those plans become disrupted. And when they do, we need to learn not to get too excited about it. It may be that the Lord has intervened in our lives for his own reasons. That was certainly Paul's problem. In his immediate plans, he desired to go to Rome, but that plan has re had repeatedly been hindered. However, that fact did not change his ultimate plan. Paul's ultimate plan was to tell men about Christ everywhere he went at any given time. And the lesson is this. Your plans and my plans may be hindered by circumstances and even closed doors, but we cannot allow that to get us defeated or discouraged. God works things out in his timing and in his own way. He doesn't do this to cause us problems or to bring fear in our lives. He does it to enhance our journey and to show himself mighty. Imagine you're traveling in a foreign land. Your guide suggests certain changes to the itinerary. He doesn't do it to ruin the trip. He does it to make the journey more enjoyable. Instead of fretting, when we encounter hindrances to our plans, we need to learn that we can make our plans any way we like, but ultimately our lives are controlled by the master planner, and he decides what does and does not happen in our lives. Therefore, May we learn to do it his way and not fret when the door closes or the plan changes. Secondly, I would show you that in verses 25 through 27, we see Paul's purposes in traveling. Paul's purposes in traveling. Paul tells these Romans that before he can come their way, he must travel to Jerusalem to deliver an offering for the saints there. Part of the background for this offering is revealed in 1 Corinthians 16, also in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. These newly converted Gentiles had made a collection for the struggling saints in Jerusalem, and Paul was going to take it to them. In verse 25, Paul says that he's traveling to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. He wants to be a blessing to the believers in that 
church that is so needing to have a blessing. Why? Because Paul remembered where his faith started. He had been saved as a result of the work and influence of the Jerusalem church. And even though when he had first been saved, they hadn't embraced him right away, even though his motives had been questioned by those saints in Acts chapter 9. Paul felt an obligation to be a blessing to those people. What a lesson we have in this, because have you taken the time to thank those who were influential in your coming to Christ? Have you thanked them for praying for you, for telling you, for loving you, Forgiving so that you could hear the gospel? Have you thanked those who care about you? Have you thanked those who feed you the word of God? Forgiving of themselves. God help us to reach back to those who have ministered to us and may we have the grace to say thank you. Verse 26 this verse tells us that the Gentile believers where Paul had been ministering had received an offering for the struggling saints in Jerusalem. And the fact is, the people in Jerusalem were suffering in a terrible fashion. The other saints around the world heard of their plight and they received an offering to help ease their misery. Now this was a very opposite of how we do it now. It is us, the established churches with some money, who send offerings to those around the world. Imagine for a minute that the tables were turned. Suppose the folks in Africa or in South America were to get up a love offering to send to us. In reality, most of the world worships in abject poverty while we enjoy our finery. Would to God. We would be more active in our giving to the cause of missions so that more people might hear the gospel. And the whole point here is that these new, these baby Christians wanted to be a part of what God was doing. They wanted to be a blessing to the folks in Jerusalem, and some of them could not preach. Some of them would never sing. Some of them would never teach. Many would never travel far from the town of their birth, but there was one thing that they could all do, and that was give. I don't know if you know it or not, but it takes money to operate a church. It takes money to operate a ministry. It takes money to operate. Many preachers don't preach about giving. I may not preach about it much, but you still have to do it. If you don't, you're a skin flint. You're a God robber. Second Corinthians chapter 8, Second Corinthians chapter 9 and 7. We ought to get excited when we, it comes to offering time. We should give to God. It takes money to reach people in the world. It takes every member of the body of Christ to help reach the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. In verse 27, we see the purpose of gratitude, Paul says that the Gentiles gave of their material wealth because the saints in Jerusalem had given of their spiritual wealth. Now, here is a spiritual principle that many people fail to get, many people don't like. If you've received a spiritual blessing from a ministry, then you owe that ministry a material blessing. Now, that's especially true of your local church where you are strengthened and fed in the things of God. 
you have a duty to render to this church those things that are required to meet the needs of the ministry. Note these, these are supported by many verses in the scripture. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 17 through 18. The idea is that the moment you hear the gospel, you are in debt. First, you are indebted to God who made it all possible and you owe him your faith. Secondly, you are indebted to those who made it possible for you to hear the gospel. Sadly, many are not discharging their debt to the church but are forcing the few to carry the burden of many. Shame on anyone who will hold back on their giving from the house of God. We could do so much more if every believer, instead of showing up at the spiritual buffet when the message is preached, walking out and not contributing absolutely nothing in getting the gospel out to the world. Shame on us. Now, many do their part, but sadly, many do not. Now, some complain that they don't agree with how the money is spent, and that's fine. You can voice your opinion. And when the vote is taken, either stand with the church or go somewhere else where they do it your way. Either way, you owe a material debt where a spiritual blessing is received. Verses 28 and 29, Paul's power for traveling is noted. Now, much of Paul's traveling was done on foot, some by boat. However, the real power behind his travels was spiritual in nature. He mentioned something of that power in these two verses. In verse 28, he says he's obsessed with getting to Spain. I mean, the text is indicative in the fact that Paul seems obsessed to get to Spain. Why? Two reasons. One, it was the intellectual center of the world in Paul's day. And two, it represented the furthest most extent of the Roman Empire in Paul's day. To him, this was the uttermost part of the earth. And Paul was merely obsessed with the mission of Jesus Christ. He wanted to preach the gospel wherever it had never been preached. He wanted all those brilliant minds in Spain to hear the word, to be converted, and to be used of God to spread the gospel for the glory of God. Would to God that the flame which burned in Paul's heart for the lost take a hold in you and me. Would to God we would become overwhelmed with the idea that men are indeed perishing. Would to God we would become consumed with the gospel to the point that we would determine to tell everyone we met that Jesus Christ can save a lost sinner. In verse 29, we see a powerful motive. Paul says that when he journeys... And when he preaches, he does so with divine blessing upon his life. He's saying that everywhere he travels, the presence of the Lord goes with him to aid him, to empower him. Therefore, he can carry out the work of Christ with absolute confidence in the Lord's power, in the Lord's promises. 
The Lord has called each and every one of us to carry his message to the whole world. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Many believers will read that and say, well, that's for the preachers. That's for the missionaries. That's for the pastoral staff. No, that is to every person, every person who receives Christ as Savior. The Great Commission was not just given to preachers. It was given to the local church. And any person who's ever been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ happens to be a member of that. For many, that's frightening. That's a frightening prospect. However, when the Lord told his men to go, he also told them that he would go with them in Matthew 28 and verses 18 through 20. What more assurance do you need as you go with the gospel? So let's go with absolute confidence that he will help us, that he will bless us as we labor for him. What does your pilgrimage say about you? Your love for the Lord. What does your pilgrimage say about your burden for the lost? One thing that Christians miss in this world is they pass through this world and they get too used to it. They get to uh, enjoy, they enjoy too much of the world's entanglements and the world's materialistic things and it becomes a permanent world and when they die, oh, they're losing all of it. No, this is a pilgrimage. We're on the way home. We're going to glory. This is just temporary. And Paul was a man who traveled and as he traveled, he was working for the master. He was seeking to bring men to Jesus and as we await the day when he will come for us, we should spend our time laboring for Christ instead of lying lazily around the Father's house, eating the spiritual bread and never contributing. He has a plan for you. Get to it. He has a path for you. Get on it. He has a place for you. Get in it. And Jesus Christ will be praised and glorified because he's worthy. He's worthy of his service. He's worthy of all glory. He's worthy of it. And Paul had a message for the world. You have a message for the world. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ died for sinners and that he can set them free from their sinful past and set them free in a path of righteousness and give them a home in heaven when they die. Honor the word of God. Honor it. Honor it. Hold it high as we preach and as we get ready to go home for glory. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.